Welcome to The Conversation. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. What's up today, dad, Joel? Dad, uh, you know, when I went to a counseling school, I get my master's in counseling. I'll never forget the first day in orientation. This wonderful, gentle man, he all kind of gathered us together and sat us down. He asked, you know, why do you want to get into counseling? And we started, you know, everybody telling their story. A lot of the people were like, well, because counseling helped me so much. And uh, after everybody's done, he's like, this is wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. But I just want to just, I don't want you to get your hopes too high because- People don't change. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that was okay." Kind of a <laughs> can I get my money back? <laughs> punch in the punch in the stomach. <laughs> he goes, "You know, only you know seven to ten percent of people that you work with will actually see noticeable change because just change is hard. So people just don't change." And as, as he had kind of resigned himself to this idea that people don't change. Now, I have two conflicting thoughts in my head because I know when I try to change things, specifically habits, which I kind of want to talk a little bit about that today, but even maybe broaden it into how do you change patterns of behavior? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, It's hard. There's yeah, so many is. things we do on autopilot. All right. Um, well, the majority of things we do without even really thinking yeah, about well, it. Yeah, I was going to talk about that in a minute that yeah. Charles Duhigg talked about that. He says, man, you know, like most of the things you do, like, uh, upwards of 70% of what you do in a yeah. day is just an ingrained habit. And so that's what brains are lazy. They don't like to think about things. Yeah. So they just do to save energy. Yeah. Do what's So natural. you're working against the natural order of way things right. are. You're, like, you, you're almost always going to naturally take the path of least resistance, which is doing what's that, the pattern. But then there's this other side of me that I've, I've seen people change. Yeah. I'll never forget. Um, I'll call him Doug. Just to protect the innocent, but I'll never I forget know who the guy. You're talking yeah, about. on the for, guy at our church, <laughs> that he was the grumpiest, meanest, most irritating human I think I've ever met. Um, and uh, he would stand in, in the entrance of the church and just complain about things. He'd never go into the service, and I'd be like, "Doug, you need to go into the service." Well, I don't want to go in there, and I'm like, "Why do you even show up at church on Sunday? <laughs> like, what are you here to do?" A sweet wife, she drug sweet in there. wife, wonderful <laughs> woman. But he actually found out he was he had a terminal disease, and um, man, he. Like he started seeing a counselor and I just, I was gone, I think in China for about two weeks. And when I came back, the dude radically transformed. He was smiling, his skin looked healthy in spite of him having this, you know, life-threatening illness. Total transformation of the dude. He actually became pleasant to be around. I'll never forget at his funeral, all these people that used to just despise the guy raving about the the life change they saw in the last, it was probably six to nine months of his life. So I, I thought, Okay, now there's a guy who had a lifetime of really bad, he just was not a nice dude, but yet he radically changed towards the end of his life when you would think it would be the hardest to change uh, because the the patterns are so ingrained. So I want to talk today about, first of all, how do you change habits? Well, I guess, first of all, we believe as Christians that you can change. Right, There is hope that you can change, even things as small as little Little habits, yeah, right. So there's that that element of it, um, and I mean, what's the promise in terms of that? It's I, I've prayed for God to take things away, and He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily take them away. I do believe He gives you grace, yeah, to confront it, though. Yeah, well, and it is kind of interesting because I, you know, I've I have had things that uh, primarily my experience has been with new believers. 
they'll have things that just like boom overnight. Wow, that happened. I never had an interest in that again, and it was gone. And da da da. Yeah, da. those stories are irritating. Yeah, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually with new believers, you right. know. And it's like it happens right away. And then, but then you get down the road with them ways, and it's like, oh man, I've been struggling with this, and I don't know if I'm ever going to overcome this. And can I, you know? And and so. Uh, there are those things that the Lord does seem to, I don't know, by his grace and mercy seems to take away immediately. And then there's other things that he leaves there. I, I, I'm thinking right now of, of, of in Judges. It's interesting. I think it's Judges 3. It talks about how these are the um, enemies that the Lord left in the land. And, and you know, because he said, I've given you this land. Judges 1, he says, I've given you this land. Go in and possess it. Yay, hooray, hooray, we got the land. And then they go in and they start, they win battle after battle after battle. And then all of a sudden they hit this wall. And they don't seem to be able to make any more progress. And Judges 3 says that these are the enemies he left in the land, and he left them there to test. Well, first, for two reasons. One, so that those who had never learned how to fight, never been in a battle, would learn how to fight, learn warfare, which, of course, the physical in the Old Testament is a picture of the spiritual in the New Testament. So he's, see, leave some of these here so we learn how to battle the enemy. Mm. And I think the biggest enemy is not the devil or yeah. even the world, is me. We have seen the enemy and he is us. My old nature, yes, yeah, just yeah. that insight. And I think that's what Paul's talking about when he says, you know, uh, if I do the things I don't want to do, it shows that it's not me that's doing it, but it's sin that's in me. And I used to think that was like mm. copping out. Oh, it's the devil made me do it. But what he's saying is, <laughs> hey, I can't blame it on any of my external environments. It is me. It is what's inside of me that causes me to sin. And that's what needs to change That's what from the, the inside. Yeah. Make environment as great as you can around you, but... I mean, even in Eden, they had the perfect environment, but that didn't keep uh, them from sinning. You know? Yeah, wow, that is a great point. So, I mean, everyone's like, "Well, it's not me; it's my environment." Uh, no, well, Adam and Eve, <laughs> they didn't. They managed to mess things up, even with the even perfect, perfect environment. environment which yeah, then exactly. You could go back to well, it's the serpent that made me do it. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it was it was the woman you gave to me. It was so that serpent. was the first thing it says to toughen them up. Yeah, so it's for the fight. But then the second thing it says. Uh, those who haven't learned battle to learn battle, but then secondly, to see if they will obey me. Mm. And then, yeah, and I'm looking at Judges 3, 4. It says, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their ancestors yeah. through Moses. And then you read on and with three verses, you realize, nope, they're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> so they end this up in bondage, gonna go well. yeah. in slavery. <laughs> and so, but the point is, I think that the Lord leaves some of those things there to be a, a test, as we would say. Uh, That's that thorn in the flesh Paul talked about. Yeah, kind of. Maybe. I mean, that, that had a purpose for him to keep him humble, you know, because it said beyond, so I don't get exalted beyond. But I, I remember there was a book years ago that uh, by a Christian psychiatrist who his his doctoral thesis was slamming against the twelve step theory, and he got out and he went into a mental institution, not as a patient, but as a doctor. Right. <laughs> and uh, he realized all the stuff he was go doing wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. And then all of a sudden he ran across a guy who'd been through a 12-step, the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And anyway, this whole book was called The Kingdom of Self, Earl J. Bay's the author. And one of the mm. things he says is that um, alcoholism has been greatly researched, so we know how it works. But he had the theory, and I believe he's right from my observations in life, is that all sin is like alcoholism. Mm. And he says, so the alcoholic, the problem is, he says, I'm always an alcoholic. I'll never not be an alcoholic. And it's like alcoholism is like a sleeping dog lying at his feet. And if you kick that dog, it wakes up and it's in full fury. It's mm. back in its full fury. And he says, sin is like that too. And he said, it sounds like I'm, this is as a psychiatrist, he says, this is what I've observed. And I've seen it in my life as walking with people through. 
He said, so it sounds like we're saying God doesn't completely deliver. He just sort of puts that dog to sleep at your feet, those habits, those things you're trying to overcome. And he said, but I'm convinced that the reason for that is that, well, it keeps us dependent upon the Lord. Because if we, when we're delivered from something, we look at somebody else who's struggling with it, and it's easy for us to become very judgmental. Well, why don't you just quit that? Yeah. Why don't you just get over that? But like, like with the alcoholic, whatever other habits we may be dealing with, I believe they do remain dormant in our life. Right. And if we give in to them, they can come back in their full fury. And exactly why that happens, I don't know, other than the fact that, like in Judges 3 there, where he says, I'm leaving these things here just to see if you will obey me. Yeah. Because again, this is going to sound really weird, but really sin is not that big a deal to, to the father because it's been dealt with. And I know you could take that out of context and put that in a meme and it sounds really horrible. But <laughs> Rick Malm says, <laughs> sin isn't a big deal. Right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But it has been paid for. Because again, yeah. if it was such a big deal, he could have he slown, slayed, slayed, killed, did away with all these enemies. And we could just have been perfected at salvation. Boom, no longer. Yeah. You know, but he left these enemies here for us to battle. That's, and it's the purpose. That's a good, that's interesting because there is an element of the externals do make a difference, right? So it's, it's the externals trigger something internally that says, have we conquered this or not? Right, yeah. Which is the beauty of Christianity is, is we, you know, versus something like, a, um, you know, like a materialistic ideology. So like in philosophy, they talk about dialectical materialism and it's, materialism is the idea that the only thing that exists if you can see it, touch it, taste it, smell it, like, and then everything results from that. So if you can just change what you see, taste, touch, yeah. smell, everything else will change inside. And we as Christians believe the total opposite true, which is actually to make good news because you oftentimes can't control your external environment. You may be at a job where it's yeah. just, you're not going to be able to change things at your job. And so it's just going to constantly trigger you with your anger result response or whatever it may be, the bad habit you've got. Um, or and I talk about people... I've talked to a lot of people that are like, man, I, I gave up smoking. I went to this place where the way you get in on the inner deal, deals going on in the inside of the company is when we go on smoke breaks together. Yeah. So I go, I go out there and I just smoke a little bit and then I'm back in the habit. And they're like, but that's the only way to stay in touch with what's going on in the company because yeah. of the smoking. You're like, well, that's kind of weird, but it's hard sometimes to change your environment. So that's why the change really does start on the inside. And yeah. obviously there is, it reminds me of this song, that we both like by a band called Everybody Duck. Oh, yeah. They say, uh, Susie, it, it's called Susie's, Susie's Diet. Diet. <laughs> Susie has decided that it's time to lose some weight, so she resolves to choose with caution just what foods go on her plate. She has diet chocolate milkshakes that she drinks three times a day, and once a week, a piece of frozen cheesecake is okay. But in spite of all of her efforts, Susie's weight won't go away because she spends 30 hours a week working at Joe's All-You-Can-Eat Buffet. So <laughs> I'm impressed you remember the words. I was, was going to suggest people Google it. No, no, and, is, and then amazing. I live. I live my life just like Susie's, Susie's diet. diet. I yeah. surround my thing self with things I vowed to give up, but I like it. I like it, and I've, I'm bound to fail just like Susie's diet because good intentions can't survive in bad surroundings where you just can't help but try it. Yeah, and like that's a it's an amazing song. I yeah. can't believe they put all those words in a in a song, but yeah. but it's a, it is true that there is some element of if you're going to change your habits, do your best to change the environment. But sometimes yeah. you can't, and lasting change isn't a function of environmental change. I believe it's an internal change that really. Yeah. and this is where we get to the spirit of God living within us. That's where the change really starts. Yeah, and like you say, that's great news because if it was my environment, then I'm a victim. 
Well, uh-huh. I can't move. I can't get out of this family I'm in. I can't get out of this work situation. I'm stuck here because I need to. Fin- or I'm in this school. I'm in this class. I've got to finish this class. I've got to take this class. And that professor, I'm a victim. Yeah. But if it's your internal and it's the power of God working inside you, then all of a sudden, no, you do have some. We don't want. To, you know, it sounds like oh, I take control of my own world, but the Spirit of God living within you can enable you to power through those situations. Yeah. Which. Which again, this is the, was that Irenaeus that said, you've got to work as if it depends on you and pray as if it depends on God because both are true. God wants to empower your actions. So maybe you do need to get out of an environment. Like yeah. if you have the capacity to get, like every time you get around those friends, <laughs> yeah. they just bring you down. You need a, a companion of fools suffers harm, the Bible yeah. says. So you do need to change those things. That Charles Duhigg talks about that in his book, Power of Habit. He says about you know, upwards of 70, I think maybe 80% of what we do is, our brain is just triggered into habit. Like yeah. when I'm bored, I call these people. Or when I'm bored, I, I, I uh, scroll through social media or whatever. And we get in these habits and patterns. And he says sometimes that the best thing that can happen is you go on vacation and everything gets messed up. So you go to some country where they don't have internet and you can't scroll. And all of a sudden your pattern of scrolling is broken. And that's, he says the best time to change a habit oftentimes is on vacation, which interestingly enough is why I love Summit Leaders trips because change <laughs> of pace, as Mark Batterson says, plus change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. When, you're, when your routine, the pattern, what you're normally doing, the habits, you get home, you take yeah. off your shoes, you sip this, you eat that, you watch this. When all that's disrupted, it's a lot easier to change things and say, ah, now it's time to turn over a new leaf here. Um, which is the power of a trip like that. So there is an element of change that, but ultimately the lasting change is going to come from that spirit of God living within you. It says that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. He'll give life to your mortal body. Uh, so talk a little bit about that, the, the inward change that leads to the outward change. Well, Romans 12 talks a little bit about that. I was just thinking of that where it talks about, uh, I beseech you, it's like Paul saying, I'm pleading with you, brethren, please, let me get down on my knees and say, please, please, please. <laughs> Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. And I always think of that like, I remember when I was a teenager, I saw one of these teen things and it had like the world cut in half, like a mold that you sort of clamp down on a piece of clay or something. And it had this pattern of a person inside it. You know, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But then it goes on Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that is really where it starts is that transformation. The first part of that, of course, Romans 12, 1 talks about, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies mm-hmm. a living, by the mercies of God, first of all, so this is the power of God working in you, but you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, you it, it is a physical thing involved too. You you do what's right with your body as well. You put it in the right place. You, you, you stay away from places that might be, you know, uh, Timothy's told, flee youthful lust, flee the love of money. There's certain things you need to flee. Sometimes we think, if we are fleeing from a temptation, that's, well, I need to stand up to this. I need to go into that environment and be able to show that I'm, I've conquered it. No, 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 you need to flee. You resist the devil, you flee, because there is a verse that says resist the resist devil. Resist the devil. And, yeah. But then it says you flee from temptation. Flee from, and you see the perfect example. Because that good Joseph. intentions can't survive in bad surroundings <laughs> right. where you just can't help but try it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's where Joseph, you see that guy, he's saying, I'm not going to stand here and resist Potiphar's wife. I'm out of here. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so he that ran from it. doesn't go well. What a good picture. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't, it doesn't. It might last for a couple minutes, but yeah. eventually the hormones kick in and it yeah. doesn't work so well. So get out of there. And so um, you present your body's living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, 
and then don't be conformed to this world. And by that confirmation, it's talking about renewing of your mind. And it's talking about our thought patterns, which mm-hmm. a lot of times what manifests outwardly is starts in the thought patterns, how we're thinking about things, yeah. how we view things. And so that renewing your mind is talking about gaining a new perspective on the world, seeing things from a different perspective. I, I love the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. And as we gain biblical understanding, then we begin to see the world from God's perspective. And that can, that can change everything. So that's where it starts. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice. And the problem, of course, with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. You have to throw <laughs> it back up there yeah. again. But you start there. You offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And then you let the Lord renew your mind. And the word is the best way to do it. You know, the Bible talks about the, I think it's in Hebrews, it talks about the washing of the water of the word. Mm. And by by just just like reading the scripture or just listening to it, it's like pouring, it's like pouring water over your mind and beginning to purify it and cleanse. And it's like if you have a dirt on your hands, it's a very slow way. But if you just continue to pour water on it, you don't scrub, you don't wash or anything. Eventually, that dirt will be washed off. That's true. Now, I think by getting in and studying and by learning, memorizing. And meditating on the word, that's almost like then you're washing your hands and now you're starting to scrub and rub them together, you know, because you're really beginning to take some action. Take that word instead of just listening to it on the video or on the tape as you're going or the podcast as you're going to the work or driving. Begin to memorize short passages that deal with what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Romans 12 would be a great one. You know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, mercies of God, present your bodies, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Don't be conformed to this world, be transformed. And just start with, don't do, you don't have to do the whole five of those verses or whatever, do two or three of those that apply to you and just think about what do those mean. Meditate is simply to think about it over and over again. Mm-hmm. What does that Chew mean Chew on it over you? and over again. Yeah, what does that mean to you? Well, and that's a good point too, that oftentimes our habits, our bad habits are a result of some sort of discomfort within us that we're trying to soothe the discomfort. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about with alcoholism, I tend to believe it's, it's related to a some sort of hurt in the area of connection in our life in the past, some sort of severed relationship or hurt taking, you know, a parental divorce or something of that effect in the past that, that you found a response to it that kind of subdues the pain of it. So when, when it comes up, that's mm-hmm. your go-to response. And I think a lot of times is our habitual responses are when I'm feeling this, if I do this, it will calm, yeah. calm the discomfort within me or the, maybe the pain within me. So whether it's alcoholism or drugs. Or just or, food. It yeah, may not just, even be something sinful, you know. Or scrolling through the internet, like I'm yeah. just bored. Well, yeah, I remember you used to always tell me, it's good to be bored. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even a book called that. It's like it's like the gift of boredom. I think it, I can't remember what it's called, but I read a book about how like, let yourself be bored and see what it does to your creativity. But what happens is we don't like that feeling yeah. of boredom because it's like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I well, do? I don't have to be because I've got my phone with yeah. me all the time. I've got some sort of something I can turn on or listen to. Or- and so you immediately scroll through it. So something for me, like as simple as deleting the app, I've just deleted certain apps. And oh, I just, really? Yeah, and you, you just don't, it keeps you from scrolling through them. So it helps me there. But then I, I still have to constantly remind myself, the app is deleted, but... I still need to figure out what's going on inside of me yeah. that's driving me to this habit. Yeah. And that's where I think the real transformation comes in is, what's that verse that says, yeah, King David says, search me and know me, O God. Search my heart and see if there's any unclean way in me. Yeah. When we're feeling that discomfort and, and tempted to go to that habit, I think it's a really key thing to, well, first of all, figure out what it's going to take to not go to the habit, yeah. but then say, 
what is it in me, God, that's driving me to want this or feel the need to this? And I think that's where you really get insight and wisdom, seeing things from God's perspective as he sees you. And then you can release those things to him and say, all right, God, I clearly cannot beat this on my own, um, but I'm trying to fulfill something here. That's a good point. So what you're kind of saying is that moment of temptation or boredom or whatever could become a sort of a prayer trigger Yeah, yeah. where you're saying, okay, instead of doing that, I'm going to go to the Lord in it and I'm going to present this to him and see if I can gain some insight into what the, what the root problem is. Cause you're never going to get rid of the tree until you get rid of the root or you're never going to get rid of the weed cause it's going to keep coming back. So that can be like a prayer trigger when you feel that temptation. And some of those, some of those times um, real quickly, like Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, it says the devil left him, but it says he left him for a more opportune time. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave him forever and and I've found in my life, and I think for most of us, those opportune times are times when you're hungry, yep. times when you're lonely, times sugar level might be low. You may feel rejected. You may feel tired, you know, and, and those times we're more susceptible. And those need to be red flag times. Like, yeah. whoa, I need to, okay, I'm, re- or I'm alone or whatever. I feel lonely, red flag times. And then when that temptation comes, you're saying use it as a... Um, as a trigger to go to the Lord and say, hey, give me some insight into myself here. Yeah, which, which, which goes back to that verse you talked about in Judges where it says he left those giants in the land yeah. to see if they were gonna basically drive them back to serving the Lord through that. And man, the, the, the habits can be really a gift if we first of all yeah. learn how to conquer them, Good but point. also see them as, as the, the reason these, these irritating giants are in the land are so that I'm constantly depending on God's spirit to yeah. give me the power to overcome this. Good point. So they didn't, but we can. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 